child and adolescent mental health disorders 60% with depression and 80% with anxiety. I just felt kids. numb to the kids world. Kids being bullied, sometimes to it death. It seems the passage of time has only made bullying worse. I've seen a lot of bullying happen. This is an issue that touches just about every family. There's just a constant country. pressure, I guess, with everybody. It takes a lot of guts to talk about this. Welcome to Teen Talk, a podcast platform by teens for teens, where we have a chance to be heard. That's right. Real teens talking about real life, meeting teenagers where we are, and engaging in real conversations with each other and for each other. Our moderator is Jason Hopkins, president and CEO of National Alliance on Mental Illness, Arapahoe and Douglas Counties. He's also the president and founder of The Connection Project. We will explore the topics that matter most to teens today. It is a podcast for teens, by teens, proudly sponsored by Jade Recovery and Mountain High Appliance. Our goal is to meet you where you are and reinforce that you are not alone. We will discuss relevant topics, share personal stories, and inspire hope. Today I'm talking with teens who have made it their mission to stop the teen suicide epidemic. These youth crusaders are aligned with an organization called Robbie's Hope, which is an uprising of teens with a primary goal to cut teen suicide rates in half by 2028. My hope for this conversation is that we inform, educate, and let others know they are not alone. Another goal for today is to help teens better connect with each other about a topic that all too often goes unspoken. Their tagline is, it's okay to not be okay. Robbie's Hope is focused on the conversations that need to be had and has created a handbook on how to do just that. Welcome. I'm grateful to have you here today, and thank you for the valuable work you're doing for suicide prevention and awareness. Before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about how Robbie's Hope came to be? Um, so Robbie's Hope started, I think, a week or two after Robbie passed away. Okay. And it was started by his parents. And basically, it was just a group of meetings with people from all different schools. Whoever wanted to come, as long as they were an adults, could come. And it was a safe place to talk about how you were feeling or ways to communicate and things like that. And from there, it just spiraled out and became this huge thing. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. So for you, you were at that first meeting. How did you guys get involved, and what, what is your point of reference to Robbie's Hope? Um, well, I went to school with Robbie. Okay. And um, his death just took us all by surprise, and myself as well as others knew we had to do something. Okay. So... We started up the meetings, and from there, more students started to come, and we just were trying to get the message across. So from that first meeting, how many students showed up? At least 100. 100 at least. Oh, wow. So it was yeah. a big conversation. It a yes, it was huge. Group. Wow. And did you find that most people were comfortable sharing, or more people listened, or There is both? a lot. Like, it was a mix. Yeah. When I feel like... In the biggest, bigger groups, not as many people talked, but when you got into like smaller groups with like people you're more comfortable around, they were more talkative. Okay. So from that first conversation, what, what's evolved? What has Robbie's Hope become today? I think it's become a really safe place in general for everybody. And I think it's become a source for parents and teachers and students to just look at it and read it and understand that what they're going through is normal and that everything's going to be okay. And so I think the first conversation was really just based around how can we go from here? What can we do to change what's happened? And obviously it's tragic and so nobody wants it to happen again. Right. And I think we've made a really big impact so far just in 
a year, less than a year already. Wow. Well, because I remember um, Carr told me that after Robbie's funeral, one of uh, his friends came up and said, like, he was going to commit suicide, but he has postponed it. And, like, even though postponed isn't, like, guaranteed, but he never ended up doing it just because he saw how much of a toll it took on all the people and how many people really care about you. That's powerful, and I can imagine that many people getting together for for a common purpose really has the ability to Mm -hmm. make an impact. So what's happened since that first conversation? Well, we've developed hope groups. Uh, What's a hope group? So a hope group is where teens get together and just talk, talk about their day, talk about what they're struggling with. And so it's just a safe place for teens to go to. Okay. And so we've branched out all over Colorado, and I think we've branched out into, like, some other states so far. Wow. Yeah. And so Um, it's spreading quickly because it's been almost a year next month. So tell me, those hope groups, are they led by teens also, or is there an adult representative? Like, what's the structure of one of those? For us, we have Kari and Jason, which are Robbie's parents. Okay. But no other parents are there, unless, like, it's, like, a counselor or a guest speaker. But most other hope groups have, like, only one adult just to maintain it, but it's a trusted adult that everyone feels comfortable with. So a moderator, basically. hmm So when you get together for a hope group— it doesn't really sound like it's a suicide conversation. It sounds like it's more a, a life adjustment transition struggle conversation. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. I think the last year we've been having conversations of how we can spread Robbie's hope. Okay. But also the ones that we talk about how we're doing, it's more of how can we help each other? How do we connect to each other? How can we move on from this and leave a positive impact on somebody's day by the time they leave? There's really not a conversation about suicide specifically because I think talking about that, it has a really negative connotation. And so immediately when you say the word suicide, it just depresses people. It doesn't make them feel hopeful. So try to avoid that, I think. Right. So one of the cornerstones of Robbie's Hope is a handbook that you guys have created, and it was informed by teens, um, really for adults to better understand from a teen's perspective how to talk about Um, some of these more challenging things. How do you, how has it informed you guys in feeling comfortable to talk to your peers, your friends, people that might be struggling? Um, Well, when writing this, I realized how many people actually care about you Mm -hmm. and are willing to listen. And so just knowing that is just reassuring because there are people that care, even though it may not seem like it, but there are people. So basically letting you know you're not alone. Exactly. And have you have you found that because of this handbook, it's easier for you to have conversations with people that you're friends with or that maybe you're not friends with that you see that's struggling? Yeah. I would say so. I think this has, um, at least for me, while thinking about all of these topics when writing it, it's broken <clears throat> down a lot of barriers because um, – a couple years ago or in the last few years, there's been just a very competitive energy between my friends. And I think it's because we're we're girls and we're going into high school and there's always a, it's underlying, it's not intentional. But making this really broke that down for me. And honestly, it's been a huge change. So 
that is a really big reason now to me for me to just completely open up and also to just uh, make sure my friends know that I'm there for them no matter what. That's such important work. I admire you guys for doing that. So I noticed in looking at the Robbie's Hope website that, you know, there are also people that have contributed their own versions of creative output, whether it's art or music. So is Robbie's Hope a hub for for people that create something to feature it? Yeah, so we've done art shows. Okay. And we've done, there's a lot of talented singers among high school. Right. Or people that play instruments. And Kari and Jason have taken them into studios and have had them record songs for them. Wow. And from there, it's been posted on Apple Music where you can listen. And so it's it's gone around pretty well. Yeah, I think the program, Kari really wanted to make sure that people can do the things they're passionate about because that really impacts you when you can spend a day just doing something that you love. Right. And she's really making sure that people have access to do things like that. Well, so it's a place for people to nurture that talent. Yeah. So if a teen wanted to get involved, maybe not at your school, um, how would they go about getting involved? Definitely check out the website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which is robbies-hope.com. Yeah. And then also our Instagram, which is just at Robbie's Hope one Okay. Um, and I think we have a Facebook, which is also Robbie's Hope one We have a lot we of have, social media. Right. Yeah, it looks like you've yeah. got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube. yes, um, all some version of Robbie's Hope, which is awesome. So um, I'm a teen at a school and I want to get involved and maybe we don't have a hope group. Is there a way to start one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, schools, if you just talk to the counselors, everybody is 100 percent on board. And um, there's groups out there right now called Sources of Strength. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which are not based on Robbie's Hope, but they've linked with Robbie's Hope. Um, and so just talking to your counselor, you can 100% get the group started. That's amazing. And there's also resources online. You can get the handbooks and things like that just on the website. The handbooks are free too. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I noticed you can download a PDF on, mm-hmm. online and read it very In easily. English or yes. Spanish. <laughs> That's awesome. So if if you had a friend that's struggling, is the handbook helpful for you to guide conversations with teens or is it just for conversations with adults? I think it's good for teens too because not only are we telling adults how to talk to us, but we're also telling teens how we want to be talked to. So if you talk to a like your friend, how you want to be talked to, then I think they'll open up. And so just starting the conversation is just the major key. Which is important. Mm -hmm. Have you guys had some personal examples of that working? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, my friends, they struggle with school and sports and just the pressure of their parents. And so every week, every Friday night, we have a sleepover and we just hang out and talk about everything. Right. And it's just reassuring to know that they're there for you and you're there for them and that you matter. Right. Do you feel like because of this work that, that you all are talking to each other more? Yeah. I think so. So what do you think is contributing to all of this stress that teens are under today? Um, School is a really big one and the pressure to do well in school. Okay. Um, Just, I guess the standards or the 
um, basic opinions that everyone has of where you should be at this time in your life, um, which comes from social media as well. But I think the pressure is just insane coming from athletics and coming from education and your parents and your friends to just be this all around, well-rounded, perfect person. Right. Yeah. It's just unreal. Especially when nothing is perfect. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So which leads us into what role do you think social media is playing in this conversation? I think social media plants a seed in your head on how you want to be perfect because social media only highlights the good and never the bad. And so it's kind of just like two-sided stories. And by seeing that, you only see the good side, and then you're like, oh, I want to live up to that or be that, like, look like that person. Right. But I can't because she's blonde and I'm brown. Like, you know? Right. And so I think it just gives you a different image of how you want to see yourself, which is very, like, sad because, yeah. It's just well, it's hard. not reality, exactly. really. Exactly. It's not reality. So do you find in doing this work, have you guys adapted to having a more realistic social media page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel more comfortable being more authentic? Yeah. Yeah. I think mine has changed. I have gone through it and seen stuff that I posted a while ago and been like, this is not me at all. And so I feel like the people who know me know what I post is a 100% something I would just do. Right. But it's hard to say because seeing people's accounts that you don't know personally it's always not who they are because even looking at my Often account it's not yeah and um seeing mine from maybe someone's perspective who doesn't know me it doesn't look like there's any bad parts of my life on there because there's not but right. at the same time i'm not pretending to be somebody that i'm not yeah which i think is important i mean i i don't know that we need to post the worst parts of our life on social mm-hmm. media yeah. and live in perpetuity. I mean, yes. that seems like human nature, and I think adults do that too. So um, what do you think is, um, you know, what are some guideposts? You guys are having to deal with a lot of things that maybe other generations didn't have to deal with. I mean, obviously suicide is an epidemic, especially here in Colorado among teens. What do you think it's going to take to change these conversations? I mean, obviously the work you're doing is valuable, but... How do do we really get to this goal of cutting teen suicide rates in half by 2028? I think just by spreading the message. um, It just takes one person at a time for it to build up. And so I know at Lake, I know at my high school, um, everyone's informed, everyone's aware. And from that, everyone has different groups. And so if you keep spreading the message, it's just going to get around. So really that message of it's okay to not be okay. Exactly. So really calling out, which is counterintuitive to social media, calling out that, hey, it's okay to have a problem or it's okay to struggle with something. Right? Yeah, I think that's really important. So as as we wrap this up, you know, what, what are the warning signs that you think, um, you know, that you look for in your friend groups? How do you, how do you spot what's going on? Um. Well, if my friends don't want to hang out anymore or they just become really distant is a major sign. Or if they just don't find the same passion and love that they did in activities anymore, then that's a major sign to me. Okay. And also you can just tell by their body language also. 
So if you recognize that in one of your friends, how would you reach out to them differently? Well, I'd make sure they're in like a safe space okay, where we can just talk and mainly just listen to what they have to say because they can be going through so much stuff at home, at school. And so just being there for them is just will also comfort them in a way. So what happens in the instance that you hear something that they share with you or you know something that they're struggling with that you think maybe they don't have the tools to deal with? What do you do next? Um, 100% I try to help them as best as I can, but I do have access to a lot of resources and I would definitely send them to them. And I'm really not afraid to just text their parents if I think it's necessary because their safety is more important to me than if they get mad at me for it. So, Which is admirable. Yeah, well, I think it's it's an unlikely event that I would have to do something like that. But knowing how serious this actually is, I wouldn't hesitate. And honestly, if they're not with you, going to see them is one of the most impactful things you can do. If they're at their house and they're really sad, just like getting them a flower or like just some candy, that really Just something thoughtful. Yeah, because it just shows that you really care about them and that they're not alone even when they just want to be alone or they feel like they are. Right. Just because somebody says they want to be alone doesn't necessarily mean they want to be. Right. So are there things that you should not do? Um, You definitely shouldn't go to an adult without their consent or without... Um, talking to them first because trying to ambush them with like a therapist is something that will 100% close them off from you. Right. And so I think avoiding that is a really good idea. I also think what they tell you should just stay between you and them because it's not for you to share. Right. And when word does get out, then it gets mixed up and it becomes a whole different story. Right. And then more people start to know and then that's when they really can shut down. And maybe it becomes a bigger problem than it actually was. Maybe they just needed a friend. Mm -hmm. So the handbook has really guided you guys in doing this work, too. Um, What do you think? um, Obviously, we talked about how teens could get involved if they've got it at their school or they don't. Um, What are some support resources that you think teens could use if they're struggling and maybe don't feel like they're comfortable talking to a friend or a parent yet? Well, in the back of our handbook, we have resources, and it's like the National Suicide Prevention Line, or um, Colorado Colorado Crisis Mm -hmm. Services. And so I think if you don't want to talk, if you come to a point where you just don't want to talk to a parent or to a friend just because you feel like they'll change their perspective on you, then to refer to one of these, because they don't know, like, what you look like, who you are. Like, you're never going to see them, but they're just there to talk. So what you're saying is... There is somebody to reach out to, and it doesn't have to be somebody in your circle. Exactly. And to know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Well, this was really valuable. So for those of you listening, um, you can find Robbie's Hope at robbies-hope.com. It's R-O-B-B-I-E-S-Hope, H-O-P-E.com. There's really great uh, resources available there, as well as a free version, um, a PDF downloadable version of their handbook, which I suggest everybody take a look at. I want to thank you guys for the work you're doing, and I'm so glad to have this conversation with you today. And uh, keep doing your good work. Thank you. Thanks for having us. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, please contact Colorado Crisis Services. They can be reached by text at 38255 or by phone.
phone at 844-493-8255. For a complete list of resources, visit 1043thefan.com, cozy101.com, or kygo.com and click on Mental Health Awareness located under the Strengthening Families page. The Teen Talk Podcast is presented by the Public Affairs and News Department of Bonneville, Denver. Please don't text and drive.